What's up, Fathom fam? We are so glad you're here. Just want to give you a quick reminder about our Church Center app where you can stay up to date on all of our messages, events, and groups. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. And while you're there, just make sure to also request to join our Fathom family Facebook group. We hope to see you there. But for now, we're going to jump right into the message. Uh, Good morning, uh, Fathom Church. Uh, It's so always so good to be with you. Uh, If you're a guest and you're joining us, you're online, you're in the room, uh, we don't make you do anything weird. We just want to let you know we've been thinking of you and praying for you before you ever showed up today. And we pray that this feels like a place that you can grow in faith and you grow in family. You're going to find real people going through real stuff and uh, learning to follow Jesus and be faithful in that. uh, And just a a larger family that we're just growing in. And so I want to definitely encourage you to dive into groups um, if you're not connected yet, look for a group to get connected to. It's not too late. Some of them haven't even started yet. And so you can find those on, on your app. I also want to let you know about something that we do that uh, you've told us that is really helpful for you. We do a podcast. It's called Fathom Beyond Sunday. Uh, it's hosted by Christina Scott, usually with me or a special guest. Uh, it's wherever you listen to podcasts, and it's really kind of after the sermon, like kind of going through, and we're really getting practical. So we're maybe taking the message and things that I don't get to, things that we don't kind of get to talk about in conversation. It's like having a friend to talk through the sermon with during the week, and we hope that really propels you to grow in your faith between Monday, uh, uh, you know, between Monday and Saturday. You know what I mean? Like as you're continuing to just take the the word of God deeper and deeper in your life. And right. Cause what good is that? We're coming in we're like, we hear the message, but then like we need that time to process. And we hope that kind of gets that started in your own mind, you're in your own heart and then gets you launched into uh, just deeper walking with, with the Lord. So just want to let you know about that. If you don't know, it's uh, it's back in live for a new season. We call it seasons. I don't know. We're doing it just cause we take a break in the summer. So that's back up and running. Today is uh, 9-11. If you're watching this later, um, if you're listening to this uh, later on in the week or down the road, uh, today is actually September the 11th. And uh, for everybody in the room that's younger than probably 30 years old, you probably don't remember uh, much uh, about this, uh, maybe very little. But for those of you that were um, uh, around, like you remember this day vividly, um, it, 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 the day tragedy really struck our nation in such a way that had not happened. And in a, in a long time, and it really stopped everybody in their tracks across the nation, and, and, um, and so we, we just reflect on, on the lives lost. We reflect on just a lot of things about our country and, and uh, the freedoms that we have uh, here today that often we take for granted, don't we? I mean, we take them for granted. In, in so many parts of the world, um, uh, people are being persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ, and so uh, let's not take it for granted that we have the freedom to show up, to roll up out of bed, and to get here looking as good as you look, you know? So, um, but you know what was interesting? When that took place and um, what began to happen in the church nationally is that there was a great, I wouldn't call it a revival, but there was a resurgence of engagement with the local church. Uh, things had been trending downward uh, in America for people actually attending church, going to church, but that moment, that tragedy, that hurt actually sparked a desire, like, I need truth. I need hope at this time. And we saw our nation as a whole really go back to church and really engage in that. But the truth of the matter is that didn't last all that long, maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe two in some circles. But then we saw a steady decline over and over again, year after year, a steady decline of church attendance and engagement of people engaged in the church. And as we're kicking off this series, 
hurt in the church last week. We, we talked about, right, how do, how do we stay in love with the bride when she looks more like Bridezilla? Right, we talked about that last week, and, and today I, I want to go to Mark chapter 9. It's going to be a little bit of a peculiar place. I want to go to Mark chapter 9. We're going to read, read verses 14 through 29. Let's read. We'll unpack what God's saying um, to us, and, and what I want to talk about today, uh, before we go to the scripture, um, I, I, what I want to talk about today that I believe God wants to show us in this scripture is, I'm putting it in the title, Deconstructing Deconstruction. Deconstructing Deconstruction. Deconstruction is this word that's been kind of a key term of the past several years where a lot of Christians have found themselves um, kind of unpacking a lot of things, tearing down elements of their faith that we, they thought were so important, things that were a val- valuable part of our life, and they st- found themselves kind of deconstructing those things. Uh, in many ways, deconstructing the Word of God, um, not to put it back together rightly divided, but to just leave it deconstructed. We've seen this term and this, this process take place in Christian leaders, people who are pastors of churches, People who are famous musicians or, or Christian authors who have written millions of, you know, they sold millions of copies of a bestseller about Jesus and then all of a sudden they hit a moment in their life where they find themselves deconstructing. And so as we go into this text, I, I want to go and give you the title because I believe there's something that God wants to speak into our hearts about the process that He wants to, to do in our life of not just deconstructing, but a complete reconstruction of our faith. That that Because I believe in, in so many ways, all of us have to deconstruct. We have to deconstruct what we were told in order for it to align with the Word of God. We have to deconstruct some of the, the, the dissonance between what we read and what we see. We've had to reconstruct that. And I believe that God wants to do that. Any builders in the room, uh, how many of y'all know it's a lot easier to do new construction than it is a remodel job? And I believe the same is true in our faith. Like God wants to build it from the ground up and not just some kind of hodgepodge that we often offer uh, and we often try to, to, to do uh, faith as. So let's dive into Mark chapter 9. We're going to read verses 14 to 29. So hang in here with me and we'll, we'll dive into the context in a moment. So when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. And as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What, what are you arguing about um, with them about, uh, he asked, talking about Jesus. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I, I brought you my son who's possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech and Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Come on, can anybody just identify with Jesus' frustration in the moment? Maybe you felt that with your boss or with your kids or with your spouse. We'll just keep moving. Jesus says, bring the boy to me. And so they brought him. And when the Spirit saw Jesus, immediately it threw the boy into a convulsion and he fell to the ground. He rolled around, foaming 
at the mouth, and Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us. Have compassion and, and help us. If, if you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief or help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit, you deaf and mute spirit, he said, command you come out of him and never enter him again. And the spirit shrieked and convulsed him violently and it came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he was dead. But Jesus took uh, him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. And after Jesus had gone indoors, uh, his disciples asked him privately, why, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind can only come out by prayer or some renderings by prayer and fasting. Uh, I know many of us, we have lots of questions anytime we read about demonic spirits or impure spirits in this child. Like, what's taking place here? Oh, my physicians in the room could probably diagnose this from a physical and natural standpoint. This boy has epilepsy. Many translations, or not many translations, different parts of the scripture tells us not only the symptoms, but what the root cause is here. Uh, from a physical standpoint, there's epilepsy. There's these symptoms of, uh, of shaking, of losing awareness that he would be thrown into a fire or, or, or fall into water. Uh, mute uh, the rigidness of a body when epileptic seizures are taking place, this is actually, this is kind of the, the diagnosis we can give, but Jesus actually sees something happening in the spiritual that maybe the others did not see even in this, in this moment. But the Father, I think, even knew that there was, there was something spiritual to this, therefore He was running to Jesus, believing that He could, he could heal His Son. And I think, for so many of us, um, we'll move to the natural reason that something's taking place, but we often miss what's happening in the supernatural. And, and, and so much in, in our own journeys kind of gets in the way, and, and the information we have and the expertise we have, we, it actually gets in the way from seeing in, in the spiritual. I, I, I think in this situation, there's something familiar that takes place in here that's happening in many of our churches and I would say it's in some cases a root cause for deconstruction so I think there's a lot of causes for this phrase and this idea for people deconstructing their faith I think one of them is exactly what takes place here in many churches around our city and around our nation people have come seeking Jesus and seeing arguing just the context here what's taking place Jesus has been up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Matthew, Mark, excuse me, not Matthew, Mark, with Peter, James, and John. They've been up on the mountain of Transfiguration. That's when Jesus' appearance began to, to shine brightly as, as um, like, just like the glory of God is being revealed in him. And in this very moment, Peter says, he says, this is amazing. Can we just stay in this Holy Spirit moment, if you will? 
Like Peter's like, can we just stay up on this mountain? I'll build a tent for Jesus and for Moses and for Elijah and we'll just stay in this happy place. Anybody ever been like a Holy Spirit moment? Like, can we just stay here? Come on. That's where Peter was. And Jesus says, no, 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 we're going down. And Jesus walks up on this scene. And Jesus is like, what's, what's going on here? And he's trying to get to the root of it, trying to get them to step back from their distraction. And so many of us, it may be in the process of kind of rebuilding our faith, we get really distracted by a lot of side conversations. We get distracted by kind of uh, little footholds in our life in which we find ourselves deconstructing without the Word of God in our life. Like not trying to renew our mind through the Word of God, not allowing God to do that, but actually distancing ourselves from the Word of God. Or, or maybe we look to a spiritual guide who disdains the Word of God. Some YouTuber or Instagrammer who is just kind of ripping things apart and like that's who we look to to guide us is the blind leading the blind. And so in this process, maybe you're in that process today, say I'm trying to figure out my faith and I'm struggling to believe, let me start here, like find a spiritual guide who will lead you in the Word of God and will not disdain the Word of God, will not deny the Word of God, but will teach you the Word of God so that you can rebuild your faith and the foundation of your faith because that's what's happened so many. So I just want to speak into some of us today to keep, keep our focus on the Savior. And here's how I believe we need to do that, by cultivating a deep prayer life. We need to keep focused on the Savior by cultivating a deep prayer life in the midst of temporary trouble. Oftentimes, the things that we think are actually going to deter us in our faith are actually the things that stir up our faith. The temporary troubles, those moments that could send you off the rails and be like, God, why is this happening to me? No, no, that's actually the stuff that God is using to stir up and cultivate a deep prayer life with him so that we will not, be fo- will not lose focus. The disciples lost focus. The disciples lost focus. I don't want us to lose focus no matter where we're at in that process. We need to cultivate a deep life of prayer in the midst of our temporary troubles because it's going to happen when the argument's going on with your spouse, when, when, when the conflict and the change at, at, at work or or the kids are, are disobeying, or the car breaks down and you're stressed, like the temporary troubles are going to happen. But it doesn't mean we have to be deterred in our faith. It means that honestly we can be stirred and cultivate a deep life of prayer. Jesus in this moment is just like, how long do I got to put up the And he calls it an unbelieving generation. An unbelieving generation. I wonder if Jesus was walking the streets of Jacksonville or in our community, I wonder what he would say about our generation. I wonder what Jesus would say if he was walking through your house. I wonder what he would have to say about an unbelieving generation. I, I pray that if Jesus walked through our conversations and, and we were, he was physically there with us, he wouldn't speak up and say, you unbelieving church. May it not be so of us individually of our families, of our lives. May we be people of faith, not trying to get caught up in all the temporary troubles, knowing that all that's producing something deep and lasting in our life. I have a friend 
I'm in a pastoral small group. Your, your pastor's in a small group um, that I don't lead. I need it. We all need it. And so when we tell you to be in groups, like live in it. Um, but I had a buddy, a dear friend of, of mine who was just like, I, I just, I need to be encouraged today. Will somebody encourage me? And, and I just spoke. I just felt like the Lord dropped this on my heart to share with him. And maybe it's an encouragement to somebody else today. And I told him in that moment, I said, look, the things right now that are trying you to, to like the end point, like you will thank God that you went through one day. You will thank God because it'll be so, God is forming and shaping something in these temporary troubles. He is putting something lasting. And so often when things are getting deconstructed, like in these moments and we go through these traumas or whatever it is, God wants to rebuild it and he wants to rebuild it stronger than what it was in the beginning and often that does not happen fast it often happens slow you may remember that extreme home makeover show come on Taryn used to have me watching that show every Sunday night wear me out and then she, and she would start crying and she's like it's such a beautiful show and then um, and then I would start you know my eyes would start watering just because of the allergies and dust and stuff but um, but they'd build those things so fast and what often was, was, came out is that they'd build them so fast. And even now, like in our city, the homes that go up so fast, oftentimes they're not put together like they should. So, so take the time and let God cultivate something deep and lasting in your faith. As you are deconstructing, as God is rebuilding your faith, let it be stronger than it ever was uh, before. You know, we've talked about the boy. One of the things that, and the pain that he's going through in this moment, we... Often we forget about the people that are suffering right next to the person who's suffering. We often forget about the pain adjacent to someone who's really going through something very intense. The boy's father. I mean, he's the one that's talking and communicating with Jesus. Let me tell you a little story. I was, I was in college, and um, I, I went to school for music business, for those of you that don't know. And God began to call me. He had already called me into ministry. I was running from it, thinking I was going to just, you know, do something in music business. And, um, and God began to just remind me of his call on my life. And so I, I switched my major. I was at a Christian university. Switched my major to, to pastoral ministry and theology and, and just began to be focused on that. So I'm sitting in a class called pastoral counseling. I'm sitting in the back of it. I'm about 19, 20 years old. While this is going on, my family is going through a tremendous family ordeal that I talk about privately, I don't talk about publicly. I talk about off stage, not on stage, because of just the sensitive nature of it. Um, my family was going through a very intense ordeal. I was nine hours away from it at 20 years old, and I sat in the back of this pastoral counseling class. I, I remember the professor, I remember the class, I don't remember what he said. I just know he was saying something about pain of those close to us. And I just began weeping uncontrollably in the back of this room realizing that I, because I was a little bit distant from the pain that was going on in my family, I had stored up so much pain that I had not dealt with. That I was, I was hurting. And I would just say, when it comes to hurt, the trauma, that maybe it's not even yours, it's adjacent to you. It's, it's what your mom's going through. It's what your brother, your sister's going through. It's what uh, your pastor's going through or your, or your spouse is going through. And you can carry that. 
not only uh, just normal hurts, but, but hurts from the church. And Jesus asked a question here. He asked a question to the man. Did anybody catch the question? He asked, he said, how long has he been like this? How long has he been like this? Jesus did not need to really know how long it had been. He wasn't checking the expiration date on the milk carton here. Jesus was not concerned with it. He wanted everybody to know that there is no expiration date. It doesn't matter how long it's been, that the hurt was done to you, or that it was done to your family, or, or, or it was spoken about you. It doesn't matter how long the hurt. God can heal it. Jesus wants to heal it, no matter what the date of injury is. But often we cover over those things year after year, day after day. And there's a hurt there that God wants to, to heal. He, and Jesus says, bring the boy to me. Jesus wants us to bring our hurts, to bring our needs to our Father in heaven, to Jesus Christ, who is our healer. He wants to be able to heal uh, the hurts that are within us. And I think there's something that's kind of important around this idea of deconstruction that takes place. And I'll, I'll just put it like this as an encouragement for us today. No matter where you're at in your journey, no matter what the troubles are in your life, I want to encourage you to keep growing from where you're at. By being honest, by evaluating where you're at, being honest about where you are and asking for help. I think one of the, what is a powerful lesson in discipleship? In chapter 9, verse 24. Uh, can you throw up uh, 9, verse 24 again? And I'll kind of say it in my best theatric voice that I believe uh, this, this father says in this moment. And he says, I believe, but, but help my unbelief. Uh, like yeah, he exclaims it, he, he shouts it out. It's, a, it's a something that comes out of him. Like I, I want to believe as he's been called to a deeper place of trust, as he's been called out for his lack of trust. He, he exclaims this, I believe, but I need, I need help. And I think this recognition of where he's at is something that's been lost in our churches. As we've learned how to play church, and some of you are very new, you've not been in church long, maybe three weeks or three months or three years, but you went from just kind of raw and real, running to Jesus because you have a need, you're seeking Jesus, but then you learn to kind of put up a front, and you're no longer real and honest about where you're at, and in fact, we stay in a place of unbelief often if we can't truly acknowledge where we are at. When we stay in this place. It's once we say, hey, I'm actually struggling to believe in this area that we've become cognizant of, air, of our, our lack of belief. Like, we, we don't just walk around saying, I don't believe, I don't believe, I don't believe. It's when we slow down and when we add, there's actually a problem here. And can I just say, as, as your pastor, I, I, I'm so thankful for the authenticity of this community. I'm so thankful for your concern and care for one another. If you're new here, like we actually care about each other. Like, like we don't like to just put on a, a nice show on Sunday mornings and dress up nice and kind of check the church box. That's just not who we are. We come as broken vessels working out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's, it's a, the church is a hospital, and yeah, some of us are, are, are leading it, but we're working in the process too. A hospital under construction, as we say last week. 
But I'm so thankful that often somebody will stop me and say, Pastor, how are you really doing? And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for comments like that, for questions like that. It lets me know you really care. And I'm so thankful for that, that we, we can be honest with each other. Every once in a while, it'll catch me off guard, and, and I'll be like, how are you really doing? I'll ask it, and somebody will tell me, and I was like, not really prepared for it, right? You ever been in that place? But even that, I'm like, I have to recalculate for a second. I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful for your honesty and vulnerability. We have to recognize where we're at and be honest. And that's what this man does. It's amazing what honesty will come out of someone with nothing to lose. Some of us, we've built up a, a lot in our life. Maybe an image of success. Maybe an image of a happy family, a happy marriage. Maybe just a happy personality, a person who's not burdened with the things of this life, but it's amazing the honesty will come out when you don't feel like you have anything to lose. Maybe live with that type of honesty first to God. And not to everybody on Facebook for crying out loud. <laughs> but to somebody. Not everybody needs to know 100%, but somebody needs to know 100%. Because the more that, that you can recognize and say, this is an area of weakness. I, I want to believe for this restoration. I want to keep believing for the spouse that God has for me. I want to keep believing for my healing or for my, my, my family's healing. But God, I just, I don't know. And I need somebody to come alongside of me. So I'm going to be honest. Recognize where I'm at. Be honest with God. And it's from there we can move. And we can grow in faith. God moves through that honesty. Here, um, I want, to, I want to begin to, to wrap this up here in this text. What's powerful is the disciples' faith was lacking. Their focus was lacking. The, the man's faith was lacking. The religious leader's faith lacking. You know what wasn't lacking? Jesus' purpose in this moment. In the midst of our failures and weakness, God wants to heal. God still has a plan for your life and for my life, for all that we bring to the table. God wants to heal it. And he asked, how long has it been? Because he, he wants to, to show there's no expiration date on God's healing touch and what he wants to do in your life. The, the abuse that you grew up in, there's no expiration date that God can't break it. The, the, the pains that you've gone through, the, the, the doubts and the things that you're wrestling through, Jesus can, can break through. All of that. And in this moment, what, what's interesting, I don't want you to be surprised, so I want to highlight this in this text. Because as we get honest, you see what happens in the text, I believe it's verse 20, is the spirit in the young man recognizes Jesus. And it begins to convulse him in a moment and just something that I've witnessed, I'm guessing you've seen in personal experience too, is that when Jesus gets ready to heal something, when he's doing something in your heart, it might get uglier before it gets better. Well, you ever have felt like God's trying to do something in our marriage and then you have the worst fight ever? <laughs> we, we do these marriage conferences. We've been doing them for years. And now I'm so excited. Actually, September 23rd, I want to let you know that the Fathom Family Foundation is going to be officially launched. Terrence Lee in that. I'm just... I'm just pumped. I'm so excited. 
for those of you that don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a new nonprofit that's being launched out of this family. My wife, Taryn, is leading it and uh, really focused on adoption grants, marriage and family resources and education, and support for ministry families. Um, and it's going to help a lot of people. You can check out fathomfamily.com. The website is up, but it will be officially launched on the 23rd so, uh, with its full scale. So we're, we're so excited about that. But, but uh, it's, we do these marriage conferences like we have this one coming up at the end of the month. And uh, we're always prepping, you know. And, like, we're not just prepping, like, content. We're prepping our hearts. And it just seems like the week before marriage conference, we don't ever fight. Like, we really have, uh, we don't have a, have a lot of, you know, arguments and stuff like that. But something's going to happen the week before marriage conference. I'm just telling you. It's going to happen, right? Because God wants to take us deeper and deeper. Even as we're teaching others, God wants to take us deeper and deeper. Just how I want you to be prepared for that. So as you say, God, yes, come. And you feel that. Sometimes it's, it's not to deter you. It's to stir something up in you to pray. And it's not to make things worse. It's actually because God wants to clean out those wounds. He wants to get it all out there through honesty and communication. And then really be able to put his, his touch of healing on it. And the, the final thing I'd say here to us today is keep trusting in the power of Jesus. By not fearing failure. And by honest and bold prayers. And the disciples want to know, like, what, what happened here? And Jesus said, this is, when you, when you wrestle, when you are trying to work for the kingdom of God, like, you can't afford to do this in your flesh. Educators in the room, you, what God's called you to, you can't do it in your flesh. Physicians in the room, you can't do it in your, your flesh. Mom's in the room. Dad's in the room. You can't do what God's called you to. You can't do it in your flesh. And, and it's not going to be a perfect, like, up and to the right trajectory where you get it right all the time. So just let that idea of perfectionism fall to the ground. There's been one perfect, and he died for our sins because we could not be perfect. And so we need not fail fear, failure, but even a lot of us, we pray just like this father prayed. Come on, we pray if you can, prayers. How many here will be real honest with me, and you prayed a couple prayers this week, but they're like, God, if you can. Okay, and really what we're, we're, we're wondering deep inside is, can you? Can you soften my heart? Can you show up for my family financially? Can you heal this hurt? We're wondering a lot of these things. And a lot of us are praying, if you can, prayers. And so we need to pray, God, honestly, I believe, but help my unbelief today. I love this old Mark Batterson quote. He says that God honors bold prayers and bold prayers honor God. If we really believe that God is all-powerful, as we sang about, he's the one who's above it all, would we not pray in faith? God tells us in his word, don't, don't kind, of, kind of believe and doubt. We, there's a process for doubt, and there's a, a place for the doubt and the process, but God wants to, to bring us to a place of new faith, of stronger faith, because we can't expect to receive something Pass to and from. But I think what that does believe. Amen. What that does in our own hearts and in our own lives. 
um, is we've got to trust in the power of Jesus. And, and honestly, as do I trust God? And so I can't tell you how many times in my life I've had to look at myself in the mirror and say, do I really believe this? And we as a church, I believe the national and global church, we need to be okay with people saying, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because so much of the deconstruction, is people haven't felt like they've had a place, that hasn't been okay to be where you're at. It hasn't been okay to, to, to be able to confess. I'm, I'm struggling with an area of unbelief, but let me just tell you, it's not only safe, it's necessary for you to move from unbelief to belief is to admit it and to move forward. But we got to keep trusting in the power of Jesus by honest and bold prayers, by not fearing failure. Jesus is not overwhelmed by the problem. He's not in this moment um, insecure about how to handle the root issue, the spiritual issue. He's, he's not overwhelmed by it. By it. He, he can handle it. And so we can bring to him honestly what's really going on in our heart and in our life and know that, that Jesus is able to heal it. He had no problem handling the spirit. Let me, let me encourage you with a story um, kind of back from my college years too. I don't know what's got me reflected on college years. But when I was a kid, I got this, this remote control car and the band can, can join me and prepare to lead us. But I remember when I was a kid, I got this remote control car called Ricochet. Does anybody ever heard of Ricochet? I should, yeah, somebody. Yeah, a couple of you. Let's figure out who's my age. Um, so I got this remote control car. It was real skinny um, in the body and it had these big fat tires. Uh, and it was super cool. I mean, as a kid, I just loved this thing. Me and my brother ran that thing around in the streets and, and it would flip and it would reverse and it would, it would have these kind of things where it could bounce off walls and it could jump off, you know, short steps and things like that. And it was called Ricochet because it just, it just bounced back. It just, it just bounced back. And, and uh, I went off to college. I hadn't seen that thing in a while. I hadn't messed with it for many years. Um, but I went off to college, took Ricochet with me, just as kind of like a little thing from home. And uh, it just kind of sat in the closet for the entire freshman year. I was on campus in the, in, in the dorms. And then my second year, I, I went off campus, stayed in the town home. And, and one Saturday, I remember with, we had Ricochet there. And I'm like, I'm going to pull this out, pull it out of the closet. And I just decided, hey, like, we just started jumping it off things, like little ramps and going, it's ricochet. It was going to bounce back. Well, we started getting wise, started kind of getting a little more adventurous with ricochet and wanted to test it to its limits. And we took that thing to the top of the stairs and we shot that thing off a ramp and it went down and it did not come back up. It just, it did not bounce back that time. Not bounce back. Well, I... I just kind of bagged it up. It, was, it wasn't in pieces. It was, it was whole on the outside. It, it looked fine, but something on the inside was broken. And so I just kind of put it in a bag, went through the rest of my sophomore year. And, and the summer between sophomore and it was really my, my senior year um, at this point. And I, um, I, I took the bag home and I opened it up and I'm like, I'm going to fix this thing. Like I'm, I'm not the mechanical type. I'm not the guy that you need to call to fix your car. I'm just not. I changed my oil for the first time like a year ago, okay? So I'm not your guy. Um, but I'm like, I'm going to take this apart. So I get the little screwdriver. You know what I mean? It's really annoying. I get the little tiny screws. I'm pulling apart. I get this thing apart. I start pulling some things just to see 
And then I got a worse mess on my hand than I started. And I realized, like, I'm so in over my head. Like, I don't know what to do here. And so I just bag it up, put it back in the bag, and I throw it away. And can, it, can I be I think that's what a lot of people has happened in their life, like spiritually. I, I really do. I, I think we can bounce back from a lot of trauma. We can bounce back from a lot of questions and doubts. But some people have, have shied away from the church or engaging in a growing faith that's built the right way because of some things that have hurts have taken place, maybe hurts in the church, maybe hurts in your home. And, and we, we try to figure it out ourselves. We try to put it back together. And that's not what God's called us to do. Not wise enough to put it back together. But I, I know all across this room, there's people wrestling with this in different ways. Maybe you've got someone in your life and they're deconstructing. Kind of pulling the faith apart. They're doing it apart from the word of God or maybe they're suffering in some ways and you're, you're feeling that pain from what they've gone through. I don't, I don't know exactly where you're at today. Maybe you're just seeing everything with the, the natural and God wants to give us a lens for the spiritual. I do know that God meets us where we're at and he's not finished with us. He wants to work in our hearts. He wants us to be a place where hurting people can be made whole and then whole people can turn around and help hurting people. I believe that God, that's what God wants to do in our heart. I believe that's what he wants to do in this time. So if you'll stand with me, I want to pray over us. This band's going to lead us in a song that that literally says, I'm going to build my life, God, on your love and the foundation of your truth and what you want to do in my life. And my prayer for us is no matter where you're at, no matter what you're hurting, no matter what questions you have, you bring to the table online or in the room, know that God meets you where you're at. And he loves you where you're at. So we can be honest where we're at. We can let faith rise like it's meant to deter us. God wants to stir something else. We pray with you. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. It's a light into our feet. God, I, I know there's many under the sound of my voice. If they're really honest, God, they are, they believe, but there's some areas of unbelief. If their business is actually going to recover, if their marriage is actually going to make it through this season, if their kids are going to be okay, questions that we bring to the table, doubts, God, but, but in our honesty, God, would you let faith rise up as we see you doing miracles all around us, miracles in people's hearts, in their lives, in their bodies, in their minds, God, restoring, renewing, setting things back in their rightful place, God, would you bring things back into order in our hearts, and every family that's represented here, God, those that are far off situations right now, God, that we're seeing it from a natural, but God, we thank you that you see the supernatural issues. God, and we believe you right now for our life, for our friends, for our family right now. In this moment, I just want to challenge you. Maybe you've got a need today. Maybe there's something going on in your family or maybe in your marriage or your business and that you just want to bring to the Lord in prayer. Maybe you just find of people around you. Maybe you join one of our prayer partners down here. And, and let's just join together in prayer and be people of prayer today. God meets us where we're at. 
Father, we love you. We worship you today. Come on, let's respond to God's presence and his word today. Thanks for listening in today. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to celebrate with you. To connect with us about what your next step with Jesus might be, or even if you need help figuring that out, you can text the keyword FATHOM to 97000 anytime and follow the prompts. You can also go ahead and type in the search bar of your podcast app, Fathom Beyond Sunday, and there you'll find our new podcast. You'll be able to listen in on some really great conversations, just taking the truth of God's word from our Sunday sermon a step further, talking about how we can apply these truths to our everyday lives between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. We love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.